Good morning. How are you all this morning? Feeling rested? It was a little hot yesterday. A little bit, right? We got cool weather coming, and that's a wonderful thing. My name is Jimmy Ranch. I'm the Next Gen Minister here, and I'm so glad just to be able to be on this stage, to be able to share this message with you. Um, today, we're going to be actually in 1 John chapter 5, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to that um, and kind of get there, and, and we're just going to be there for a little bit. But um, as you do that, I'd like to tell you a little story of myself uh, so you can get to know me, and, uh, and I can get to know you. Uh, when I was younger, I played baseball, and, uh, and I remember we were in this really important uh, championship game, and it was a very, very tough, very hard-fought game. Both pitchers were dealing like crazy, very low scoring, and it was against a team that was our rivals, yet I don't know if it was really much of a rivalry because we never beat them, but we were always just so close. You ever had that where you were so close to winning sometimes and you just, you just couldn't get it? Well, we're playing this team and we're going on and next thing you know, we get into extra innings and the next inning goes and the next inning goes, next inning goes, right? And the same score end up being in the 14th inning. Yes, the 14th inning of this game. And we're going back and forth, and the whole time I'm praying, Lord, please, Lord, let us just win this game. Please let us win this game. Let, I, will, I will do anything you ask. Just let me have this victory. Anybody been there before? Can I get some amens in there? Yes. We won it so bad. I, and I was sitting there going, please. Well, ended up being bottom, uh, bottom of the inning. They're up to bat, their home team. Two outs, but they got runners on first and third. And I'm playing second, and uh, a pop-up goes out to right field. My best friend, Matt, uh, you know, he's going back, and he just misses it, right? And so all the, the runners were waiting to tag up. He turns around. He picks up the ball. I'm going out to, you know, be the cutoff man to second base. Hopefully we can get the guy at second, get the out before the score. Be great, right? So I'm out there, hit me, hit me. And Matt winds up and throws. I've never seen Matt in my life throw this ball as hard as he did, right? He just... And that ball just goes up over my head, over the second baseman's head, out past the left fielder. He just launched it, and as that ball went away, my hopes for us winning did too because they went and scored that final run. They jumped up and down for in jubilation. I fell to my knees and started crying, yelled at my friend Matt because he's a punk and he didn't catch the ball. Man, I'm telling you, first-year kid pitch of Nodhole was rough. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that, right? We, we all have all had moments in, those, in our lives where we pray for something so much and so hard, and we think it's going to happen, and the answer is no, or maybe even worse, there is no answer. And I know oftentimes many people in their spiritual walks with God fall away from God because this, this question that we're addressing today. Why is God not answering my prayers? I'm sure that this is a question in some form that has popped up in your own mind. Now, even the most, most faithful believers, I'm sure, wrestled with this sometimes when they say they've prayed so hard and yet they hear nothing back from God. And I'm here to tell you today that don't worry there's nothing to fear. God is still around. He is still here. He is still faithful. He is still just. We just need to learn how to see his answers. 
And so in moving into that, I think we need to address some baseline stuff today. The, the very basic thing that we need to understand is my first point is this, and it's going to be very elementary, but it makes perfect sense. You need to start here. Number one, prayer is essential to the spiritual growth of every believer. Prayer is the spiritual growth to every believer. Now, I'm not just talking about every believer, though. Isn't prayer the most essential point of any spiritual growth? I know, you know, when I wasn't a Christian, for me to become a Christian involved prayer, right? So I wasn't a believer yet, but it helped me come along the way. And this is a basic thing that I think many of us who've been brought up in church, or even if you haven't been brought up in church, you've heard about this idea of prayer. This is this, this mystical thing that you sometimes take for granted. Maybe not sometimes, let's be honest. A lot of times we take it for granted. And we don't do it as much as we should. See, as we walk with our relationship with Jesus, or even if you're just stepping into this idea of who Jesus is or what it is, it is important for us to communicate with him. And God, this all-knowing God, this all-powerful God, he could have created many different ways for us to communicate. He could have made it really, really difficult, but he didn't, did he? He gives us this ability to pray. This idea of just being able to open up our mouth and speak to our Father. We don't even have to open up our mouth, do we? We can just think our cognitive thoughts, and he hears us. And he's there with us, and he connects to us. But you must understand this. If you're going to take your prayer life serious, you need to know that you will be changed. Prayer doesn't just come willy-nilly. It's not just a way for you to vent. Prayer is an opportunity and a vehicle for God to move you. I love how Richard Foster in his book Celebration of Discipline says it this way. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ. See, prayer is our change vehicle. It gets us from who we were to who God wants us to be. But oftentimes, we use prayer in a completely wrong way. Lots of times we think of prayer and our relationship with God as almost like Aladdin and the genie in the bottle. Lord, please, if you could, let me have this next thing. Please, Lord, if, you know, I really need to get that promotion, Father. And hey, if you're going to give me that promotion, please give me a sign. I need to know if that's yes or no, so make that you know, tree branch move and I can know that it's a yes. Right? We, we, we go through these things and we put these conditions on God and God's saying, well, I'm not a genie. I'm bigger than a genie. I know more than a genie. I'm your savior. And I know what's best for you even when you don't know it. Unfortunately, sometimes when we pray and we pray and we pray and we don't hear that answer right away or we don't see it, it can be very disheartening. It can cause hurt. And so sometimes that creates a barrier between us and God. It makes us feel like, is this even worth my time? 
Can I, should I even dive in and really devote myself to this anymore because I feel like it's just me talking? We've all been there, right? We've all gone through those motions. But understand this, that it is essential that we pray. It is essential that we connect to God in the way he wants us to. Jesus, God's son, if there was anybody on earth that didn't need to pray, it would be him, right? Connected to the Father and this holy trinity, he knows the thoughts, he knows the understanding, he was there in heaven, he was there when the earth was created, and yet what did he do? He prayed. Many times in the Bible that we see that he went off by himself to pray. Spend time with his father. And then when Jesus taught about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, this is what he said. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Did you catch those two little phrases? Jesus started off, and when you pray. In verse 6, he says, but when you pray. So Jesus is telling us that prayer is something that needs to be a daily part of your life. And not just once a day. Paul talks about us of praying without ceasing. It needs to become the fabric of our lives. It wraps around us. If Jesus is telling us that, we should be listening, right? Jesus had a connection like no other to God. And yet he prayed. So with that foundation out of the way, that prayer is essential. If you want to become a better person, if you want to become the, God, or the, the person of God that, God that he wants you to be, if you want to be able to take on challenges that are bigger than yourself, you must start with prayer. You can do a lot of things with your own talent, but you can't do amazing and extraordinary, extraordinary things without the power of prayer. And for some of us, we just need prayer to get through the day, right? I know there's moms out there. Them days with the kids are long, right? They're wearing you out. And you just need that patience. You need that relief. He's here for that. So now let's go to the, the, the main point that we're going to be looking at here. Is this point number two. God answers prayers according to his will and not ours. Once again, not something earth-shattering news. Or at least not for us who have been in the Bible and understand what this walk is with Jesus. But it's something we need to remind ourselves. Because oftentimes we forget that God is all-powerful. That God knows more than us. And that we need to walk according to his will, not that he needs to walk according to our will. In 1 John 5, 13-15, it's written this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that we, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We need to ask according to his will. This is the same thing that Jesus taught us, right? When Jesus taught us about the Lord's Prayer, he said, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we're supposed to be praying, not as Jimmy Ranchell's will gets done. Because I can tell you what, if it's Jimmy Ranchell's will that gets done, I mean, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff, but it's not going to last very long. We're going to do a lot of crazy adventures, but that may not be the safest or most wise thing for our family. But when you understand that it's God's will, it's built on something that's bigger. It's more eternal. So we need to understand that, yes, when we pray, God is going to answer in his way. There's this idea that God is sovereign, that he is almighty, that he is just. And the older and the more mature I get in my spiritual faith, the more I'm able to let go of my pride and say, yes, Lord, I want your will to be done, not my own, because I realize my own shortcomings. But there's every now and again where I get full of myself and I just want it my way. Lord, I want this promotion. Lord, I want to be moved to this job. I want to be living in that subdivision. I want this car. I want that truck. I want that really awesome camper that my neighbor got, and he doesn't deserve it, but I do, right? We get ahead of those selves, and we get so entrenched about ourselves that we forget to see the world through God's eyes. This view further up to look down and see, wow, there's so much more out here than just you. That God cares for so much more than the little things in our lives. You know, growing up, uh, I was always taught uh, that God answers in three ways. And you probably, those of you brought up in church probably understand this, right? He answers what? Yes, no, and wait, right? Those are the three that that I heard. And And I think those are absolutely true. But th- I thank Doug because he sent me an uh, article uh, a couple weeks ago that this, by this guy named Robert Harris that kind of unpacks that a little bit more, right? It's not just yes, no, or wait. There's a little bit more to that, and, and I think it's really good for us to understand. So when God answers prayer, these are some of his answers. The first thing is this, is yes. He answers yes, right? We've gotten yeses before. Anybody gotten yeses before? I think that's, it's instant. It's 100%. You know, I, I think about uh, people who've gotten yeses, though, and sometimes the yes ends up in a weird situation. Right? You get the yes and you go, oh, that's, that's different, but okay. I think of Jonah. If you guys don't know, Jonah was a prophet in the Bible, and he was charged by God to go to this place called Nineveh, which was a part of the Assyrian uh, culture, and it was a, this mighty kingdom. They did a lot of bad things. If you watched uh, any Veggie Tales, they did more than just hit people with stinky fish. They, uh, they did some terrible, awful things, and they were away from God. And he called uh, his prophet, Jonah, go, do, go to Nineveh, tell them they've done their wrongs, and uh, so that way they can be saved. And he goes, okay, that sounds good, God. And he actually sails to the opposite end of the earth. Like, he's trying to get away from where God is sending him. And as he's going and he's floating around, and God brings up the storm, and he's on this Mediterranean cruise, not really, um, and so they, the people get scared, and they start figuring out, well, why are, why are we going to die? And the, finally, he's like, it's because of me. I'm running from God. So they picked him up, and he tells them, pick me up and throw me into the sea, right? So he gets thrown into the sea, and God provides a great fish to swallow 
Jonah. And after uh, some time in that fish and being awful, Jonah comes to his realization and says this, uh, Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed this prayer to the Lord God. He said, in my distress, I call to you, Lord. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I call for help, and you listen to my cry. You hurl me into the deep, to the very heart of the sea, and the, cur- and the current swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look to it again. Look towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. Beneath the earth uh, barred me forever. But you brought my life up from the pit O Lord, my God, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground. So, Jonah realized he ran away, asked that God do something. He repented. He goes, I will do your will. And God goes, okay, throw him up. Now, I don't know about you, but I do not want to ever smell what fish throw up smells like, right? That's just disgusting. But I think we see right here God answering a prayer. Yes, you, you went away. Now you're going to ask my will. There you go. We get yeses all the time, and sometimes it's not going to be pretty or the way we think, but it's still that answer. Same thing as this. Yes, but you're not paying attention. You know, you know, sometimes like, Lord, please let this happen. Please let this happen. God's sending it all your way, and you don't realize until 10 years later that God did answer your prayer. You just didn't see it. There's an old preacher story of a guy who was uh, in his house, and the floods was coming, and they first came a truck pickup truck will be like, come on, get on in. The, the water's rising. You need to get in. Get in this truck now. No, it's okay. My Lord will save me. That's what he said to them, and they drove off, right? Floodwaters keep coming up a little bit higher. He's going to the second floor. They come by with a boat. Get in here now. You're going to die. The floodwaters are, are, are here. You need to come. Don't worry. My God will send me help. I'm okay. I'm fine. Don't worry. All right. They drove off. Finally, it's all the way up the top. He's climbed onto the roof, and he's standing there and, and everything else. They send a helicopter. You need to get in now, or it will be completely flooded. You will die. It's going to be terrible. No, don't worry. My God will save me. They fly off. Waters come. He dies. Goes to heaven. God, why didn't you save me? He goes, well, I sent you a truck and a boat and a helicopter. What else did you want? In our lives, sometimes we just are not ready to hear those yeses or those noes. We're not ready to hear those answers, but we have to be looking for those. We've got to substitute yes. This could be something where you pray like maybe your, your garbage disposal breaks down and you're like, oh man, I've got to buy a new one. But then the next thing you know, you're talking to your neighbor and they're like, well, my husband can fix that. And they come over and fix it for free. Right? You're praying for money for a new thing and someone comes in and helps. A yes plus, this is where you ask for what you want and God gives you more of it, right? Lord, I need a new car. Okay, well, hey, you know what? Here's an even better car than you thought you, you could get and it's in best financing, so it's walking out the door with you right now. That happens, not often, but it does happen. A partial yes. And typically with these uh, partial yeses, they're more like something that's gonna happen slowly over time. This could be prayer for healing, Healing doesn't always happen right away, does it? It takes time. But God answers it surely over and over again. 
that some of this, are you sure, kind of this idea like, God, like, you really want, this is what you want, you know? And I think about this, like, like where you're walking by, and you're like, man, I really, I need, I need a new phone, want that new phone, need that new iPhone that's coming out, or that new Android, and as you're going through it and looking at it, and you're going to work out all these deals, next thing you know, you see something on Facebook Marketplace that you wanted even more, and you're able to get that even better. Sometimes God answers like, I know you think what you know you want, but I got something that's more perfect for you. It's going to help you and your need in the kingdom of God. On to no's, right? There's just no. We've gotten that plenty of times, right? No, you're just, you're not going to get it. You know, it's like what your parents used to always tell you when you were a kid. Can I have more sex? No, right? We have to understand that sometimes when God is quiet, it's just a no. And we have to accept that. James covers that in uh, four, chapter 4, verse 3. He says, sometimes you ask and you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that may, you may spend it on your own pleasures. Sometimes when God's saying no, it's because he knows better than you. He knows what you're asking is just wrong. Sometimes he says no, but refocus. Focus yourself on, on something better. You know, yeah. Lord, I really like that new job. I really like to go to that company, work there. I think it'll be a lot better. And God's saying, man, I know that job looks good, but it's not where you need to be. Refocus. Continue to pray. No, but you'll thank me later. I think anyone who's been through life and has had multiple relationships, you can look back in your relationships and say, Lord, I'm so glad you didn't answer my prayer when I said I wanted to marry that person right? It just wasn't good. It wasn't going to work out. God's saying, it's okay. No, but you're going to thank me because of it. You're going to look back and say, wow, I'm so glad that that was there. And then there's that obvious like, no, and stop being ridiculous. Stop asking for what you really don't need. You know, you really don't need a $60,000 truck. Sorry, you just don't need it. What you could do is be doing a lot of kingdom work with that same money. Your vehicles now, you learning how to live in contentment is an amazing thing. And then we've got these answers that one, one guy wrote in a book. He says, you know, when you're talking about waiting, it's really this time of growing for you. So here's some of those answers. Wait is not good for you right now in your life. I think a lot of times we get that. When we're trying to get into a different place, we feel like a new place might be better for us. And God's just saying, no, I really need to teach you something where you're at. You need to be listening to me and what I'm trying to show you through other people in your time where you're at. We see this, wait while I prepare, uh, yes. I like that. Just hold on. I'm going to prepare a yes for you, but you still got work to do where you're, where you're here. I, I want you to be there. I want you to be involved. Then there's a, here's something you didn't expect. You know, for this hit true with our family early this year, um, we found out we were pregnant with our fourth child. It's something we didn't expect, you know, but it's a huge blessing for us. You know, be thankful for that. And the last thing is, here's something that you didn't even pray about. This might be something where you have had an issue with a friend, you know, and, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to approach them, and all of a sudden they call you. And say, hey, we need to talk because things aren't going well. So God's answering the prayer that you didn't even pray for. He does. He does this. 
God loves to answer prayers. We just need to really readjust on how we receive those prayers and how we can see those answers through the muck in life. Brings me to my third point, my last point is this. There is no perfect formula to pray to get the answer you want. Now, I, I, I think there's a lot of people like, well, okay, if I pray my prayer in, according to the Lord's prayer in that formula and I interject what I want in there, like that's the magical equation and I'm going to get however I want. Like abracadabra, here it is. No, that's not how God functions at all. Now see, God wants you to be praying with the right motives in mind. He wants you to be changed. He wants you to ask him. He wants to do these amazing things for your life, but it's not going to be because you said something a certain special way. We have to fight that temptation. I feel like in America, we get so used to like superstitions in our lives. You know, you watch baseball games and each batter's got a different way of getting ready. You know, even in our own lives, if you're a fan sometimes of sports, it's like, oh, i got to stand right here because they were doing really good five minutes ago. And if I move, that's going to be a bad thing. In our prayer lives, we can't be thinking the same thing. Okay, if I pray this way, this way, this way, this way, it's going to get my, my answer I want. No, 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 no. No, that's, that's not how it is. And understand this. You're going to hear no. And you're going to have to get used to that. Jesus got No. The person that God loved so much got to know. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 through 37. Then Jesus went to his disciples in a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I'll go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. This is Jesus on the night, that, the night before he was going to be crucified. He asked, if there was any other way, God, this is this human side that we finally see, this temptation of Christ to not have to do what he had to do for us. And yet God said no to him. Why? Because God knew more. God knew the sacrifice that had to be taken, that had to be to save the rest of us. And Jesus submitted his will to his fathers to take that penalty. When you hear a no from God, it's not that God isn't listening to you. It's just he knows better than you. And he wants more for you. And we just need to humble ourselves. In 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, I spoke on this a couple weeks ago. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Did you get that? Cast all your anxiety. What we're saying is, like, pray all the time. Anytime you are stressed out or anything, ask God to take that from you. Pour it on him. He wants and he cares and he loves you. But we must be faithful in our prayer journeys. We must do things to help set us up for a better life. And that is by building a great prayer life. 
In Romans 12.12, it says this, Be joyful in hope, patient in, in affliction, but lastly, faithful in prayer. We have to have our lives changed by, through the, by the faithfulness in which way we pray. So, i got three little things here to how to hear God's answers. And these are just something that God gave to me and I'm giving to you. But the first is this. You need to establish a regular time for prayer every day. And that, if that's a morning thing, that's great. If that's the middle of the day thing, that's awesome. We've got these smartphones that can be really useful for us. You can hold down the little button and say, set alarm for 3 p.m. for prayer. And guess what? At 3 p.m., it's going to remind you to pray. Like, that's, a, that's a great reminder just for us to stop and, and break down. But we have to do it on a regular basis. You have to get used to having that communication. And the more you're communicating with God, the more you're going to see things through his perspective, and the more sensitive you're going to be able to see and pick up on the answers that he gives you. He's not going to send an angel to come down and say, hey, moron, this is the way I want you to do it. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? It'd be really nice to have that. But we're not getting that. Second thing is this. Set aside time for silence in your prayers. We hate silence, don't we? I, I don't know about you, like, as I write sermons or anything, I have music going on all the time. Some people love silence, but for most of us, we can't stand it. Like, 30 seconds of dead air on stage is uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> right? It gets a little weird, right? We won't have anything, but God speaks through silence. And we as a nation need to take and, and, and really, you know, own this, this, this discipline of silence. So just be quiet for, set a minute, you know, a little one minute alarm just to be listening for God. And see what, what things, what he fills your mind with and fills your heart. And then the third thing is this, be actively looking for answers through your life. You know, don't just pray a prayer and forget about it and hope that the answer is so big you recognize it. Pray on that prayer all day long and look for the answers that you're seeing. Seek other counsel upon it. God speaks through other people, right? We see that through the, through the, Old, or through the Old Testament and New Testament. God works through others. So the last thing I want to really have you walk away are these two final truths. And the first one's not new. If you were here last week, you said, Jimmy is copying Doug. Yes, I am. First is this. God's ways are not our ways. It's so true. And yet it's something that we struggle to remember all the time. God is big, and he is mighty, and he has a wonderful thing planned for us. And we need to understand that as much as we want to, we are not there yet. We are not mature. We are not complete people in Christ yet. And understand that when things don't go our way, it's because God has something bigger and better planned. And the second thing is this. God wants to hear for you, from you. He wants to listen to you. He wants to talk to you. So do your best to create that relationship, whatever that looks like. Your prayer life can be looking however you want it to be. It can be your own way. I knew a girl in college, her prayer, she was an artist, was through her pictures. She would draw pictures, and those were her prayers. Find your way to best communicate with Jesus.
Because I'm telling you this, prayer can change your life and the lives of the people that you care about the most. And understand this, that God paints on a canvas that's bigger than the eye can see. The first time I heard that, I was at a conference, and Lily Giglio said that, that God paints on a canvas bigger than our eyes can see. And that is so true. And oftentimes it takes us years later to understand what he was doing in our life in those moments. If you guys don't know this, the end of Jonah is kind of crazy. Jonah goes to Nineveh, you know, tells the king, you need to repent or you'll be destroyed. And then uh, Jonah does not like the Ninevites, so he goes up and hopes that they don't listen, so God destroys them. That's, that's his plan. I'm going to go up and watch them be destroyed. But the king makes a decree, and they all repent. They fast. They start throwing sackcloth on themselves, and God seeks favor to them, and he doesn't destroy them. And then he has this conversation. With jo- there, this conversation begins between Jonah and God, and, and Jonah had built a little shelter for himself, and he's sitting up there, he's stewing, he's mad and angry. You ever just sat stewing, mad, everything's awful? Yeah, we do that, right? God provides his vine, over his head to give him some shade, and he loves it. It's amazing. And then the next day, God provided a worm to kill that vine, to take that shade away, and Jonah's very upset and angry, and they get into this, this whole argument. And, he, and God says this in verse 9, or chapter 4, verse 9. But God said to Jonah, do you have the right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But God said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it, make it, or grow it. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And the book of Jonah ends right there. Don't be like Jonah. Don't, if you're getting, not getting the answer you want, sit on a hill and put your arms around and start pouting. Because God is concerned more than just you. He's concerned about all of his creation. And he might be changing and morphing you into somebody else to do something bigger and better. So don't be like him. Don't sit up and don't pout. So I just want to end today with one question. We talked about this being a spiritual growth for you, this prayer. So my question is, are you ready for that spiritual growth? Are you ready to take prayer serious in your life? I hope you are. So let's pray. Lord God in heaven, we come to you now. And we thank you for being so much bigger and smarter and stronger than we are. Lord, I thank you for caring for us enough to giving us a way to communicate to you. I thank you for showing us many examples throughout history of how people deal with this topic. And Lord, I just ask that you be with me and everyone in here, that we can rely on you more, that we can tune our ears to hear your voice more in our lives. And Lord, if there's people out there searching and they don't know where to start, that you reach out to them. And that you bring along other people like us in this church to help walk with them. We love you, Lord. 
We want to see you do great things in the kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.